What's up, everybody? Joseph back with another episode of DFW Creatives, where I shine a spotlight on Dallas-Fort Worth creatives I find inspiring. My special guest today is Lauren Childs. Lauren is the owner and creative director of Fort Works Art. She is also an amazing artist as well. But I'm here today to talk about how she's building a community, an amazing art community in Fort Worth. And uh, it's very inspiring. It's an exciting time. And she's just doing crazy, crazy stuff out here. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Nice to be here. So uh, I met you probably a year, year and a half ago through my friend Kimberly Cecil mm -hmm. and Ronnie Hart and a few other uh, artists and entrepreneurs. And they kept saying, come out and see this gallery. Come out here. This art is so cool. Um, and I finally came out here. And uh, I've, been come, I've come out here probably a dozen times. And I'm always blown away, blown away by all the talented artwork that you bring in here from locals and then from afar. And uh, I'm just, I'm very happy you're here today to talk with me about it. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I want to talk about how you kind of started just briefly. Mm -hmm. uh, you started with uh, the United Voice Collective. Tell yeah. me about that. So the United Voice Collective, that was uh, quite some time ago. That was about 20 years ago. But that was in my early 20s. And I knew then as well that I wanted to be involved in the art scene in Fort Worth. Um, and so we formed a collective. And we did pretty much it was the foundation for Fort Worth's art. We started out doing shows only on gallery night in Fort Worth. And we were comprised of musicians and artists and architects and poets and all sorts of creatives. And we would come together and we would do these elaborate evenings where we would build sets and create outdoor um, art shows all in the city of Fort Worth. We did some in Dallas as well over on Greenville. And we did that for about three or four years. And it was an incredible learning experience. We did not have much um, support financially. And we were also all artists and very young. So we kind of all moved in a different direction about three or four years after that, that began. Well, how important was it to build a community around all this to you? Well, that's, I mean, that's really how it all started. Um, I've, I've grown up here my whole life. The, about the only time I haven't lived here was for a couple years when I was away at college. Um, and then when I came back, I knew that art was, you know, everything to me. That's pretty much why, b before I finished my college degree, I dropped out of college for, for a couple years because I just wanted to be an artist. And I was like, oh, you don't need college, so I'm not going to do college. No, a waste of time. Right, right. That was a, <laughs> yeah, a short-lived idea. But it, it's true for a lot. I mean, a lot of artists, I think, feel that way. Um, and so when I moved back, I was like, okay, so you're not, you're not in school. You're going to get a job. You're going to make money and you want to do art. And at that time, it wasn't much different than now. There were not a whole lot of galleries in Fort Worth, and they definitely weren't going to look at somebody without a bachelor's degree. Uh, they really wanted somebody even with a master's degree. So I was out, my friends were out, and so we wanted to show our work. And so um, we found a lot of other people in the community that we thought were really incredible, and we all came together, and that was the whole point of everything. And then we did a lot of it outside, and it was free, and it was for the community. So there was no, you know, oh, we have to go to this gallery. And, you know, the whole goal, I think, was to make it more accessible for the community because most people don't feel real comfortable going into a white-walled art gallery. Um, you know, there's a, there's a stereotype, I think, that they are not going to talk to you unless they think you're going to spend a lot of money or buy something. And so they become very intimidating. And so I think that we just wanted to have an all-inclusive space that welcomed all sorts of people from, you know, somebody who didn't knew nothing about art to somebody who was a very high-end collector and everything in between. 
Yeah, that's amazing. That's exactly what I'm seeing here. Was that your vision from the very beginning to get from there to here? Because that's what I'm seeing. You've built an amazing community here in Fort Thank Worth. you. Yeah, I mean, that's always, yeah, that's definitely been the goal. I mean, our mission, if you look at it, is to kind of have this trifold thing happening, which is, you know, I really wanted to have the reputation and appreciation of a high-end gallery that you would see in a big city. Um, that was interna you know, an international gallery that showcased international artists that were on the scene throughout art fairs in the country. I also wanted something that was free and open to the public, like much like a community art center. And I also wanted a space that really served as just a, a mini museum, as if you will, to, to exhibit work. You know, so if you don't want to buy anything, that's fine. Come in and look at it, experience it, enjoy it, you know, find some inspiration in it, and then go back out into your life. Yeah, that's it. That's really it. It's just uh, getting people in here. Mm -hmm. And the word of mouth has traveled very far. Like I introed in, a bunch of people kept saying, come, come out here. <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and a big part of uh, building the community getting awareness is you've done a lot of pop-ups. Well, originally pop-ups were great because... Um, you know, we were creating these events and we wanted them to be something that you were either there or you weren't. So you either saw it or you missed it. And we thought if we did that, that what would happen is enough people would come to the first pop-up, which was really UV Collective 20 years ago where this whole idea started. And, you know, enough people would come to the, these pop-ups that they would go tell all their friends about it and their friends would be super upset that they missed out on it, that they would all make sure to be at the next one. And so it was kind of this way to, to build momentum and to build this like, you know, tension in the, in the art world of, oh, you know, if you don't see it, you're not gonna, you'll miss the whole experience. So it became a bit more exper experiential and not just about showing art. Like I said, there was music, musical acts. Sometimes we did fashion shows. Um, sometimes we did installations and build outs that were just insane. So yeah, I think that was, kind of where we were at. Do you have a favorite pop-up? Not particularly an artist. You don't have to be biased or like run anybody through the mud or nothing like that. But is there any moment in one of these, you know, early pop-ups that uh, you were just taken back and goes like, I think, I think I've done it. Or like, you know, the people are here and you just, you were very proud. You were proud what you've done. Um, you know, I've always taken a lot of pride in these shows. They're a group effort, and they, you know, the pop-ups were never something I did by myself. So while I own the gallery now exclusively, when I did pop-ups you know, with UV Collective and Fort Works Art, there were always a lot of other people involved. And so um, as far as a favorite pop-up or one that I'm most proud of, I, I, I have to say like pretty much from the beginning, I've been very proud of them. They always, they've are always gone really well. I will say probably one of my favorite pop-ups that we did at Shipping and Receiving, though, was we did, um, we did one called Come Together, and it was basically, we had gotten Dotsie Sultanoff, who's an amazing, amazing uh, musician, and we com combined her, and she's classically trained and classical musician, mm. and we combined her with uh, Tim Locke from Calhoun, who's a local rock artist. Ah, I love Calhoun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the great band. And so Tim Locke is best friends with JW, who was the co-founder of Fort Works Art. So at the time, you know, they came in and we decided we wanted to do this show that was basically cover-to-cover -cover album of a Beatles album that Ooh, they, you know, Beatles did together. Yeah, right huge Beatles fan, right? So they, they did that, and they chose that album, and um, they came in and did, did it from cover to cover, and it was a set between the two of them, and we had gotten carpets, and we laid them all over the, we'd gotten them donated from a, you know, a, a 
traditional oriental carpet company here and we laid those all through shipping and receiving and we built a stage and the whole point was just to kind of come together and everybody sit down and listen to this show and see art and that was a very successful show i loved that show it was cool to see everybody sitting on the ground kind of in this like just big you know out, almost like an outdoor festival inside of this you know concrete building and listening to this um album that had never been played before by these two artists and probably they've never done since so it was really like i said you had to be there to to see it oh, well thank you had to be there <laughs> she gave me that glaze just now you had to been there you had to be you there, had to be right? there. <laughs> it's like oh man okay yeah i'm sad i missed that yeah it was, a, I, it was a great night it was a great night so you you mentioned you started shipping or receiving before the full work arts. Um, so that transition was kind of like everything. It's a very it was been a very natural evolution. I never ever planned on being a gallerist. Um, that was not a goal. That was not a plan of mine. And I love that it's happened. And so uh, it was just very organic the way it happened. We started these pop ups. They were they went phenomenally. Um, the next thing we knew, other organizations were starting to form that were doing pop-ups in the space, kind of following behind us with their own, you know, collectives, which was super cool to watch. And so then all of a sudden there were all these collectives doing all these pop-ups at shipping and receiving. And I was like, well, you know, we need to up the game. So now we've gotten a bunch of other people to realize what can be done here. So let's go and, you know, get a, get a gallery space. So that's what happened. And we bought the gallery and um, opened the gallery. So it was just very unplanned. Yeah, it, it looks like it's planned, though. It looks like <laughs> a lot of thought and love and everything. Well, uh, it has been a labor of love. And yes, now everything is, you know, extremely well thought through. So yeah, I, I like uh, I remember seeing it being built, uh, driving by. I, I love the, the metal sign, the mm. um, the street sign there oh, is really cool. Yeah. The routed out letters and yeah. uh, and then the mural, the mural on the side. Tell me about the mural. So the mural was awesome. We did a show when we first opened. Um, so Dan Lamb was our first big solo show where we had a group show with her. So most of our artists that had come before her that had done a solo show, they kind of occupied the whole gallery. When Dan came, we split the gallery. So that was the first time we did, okay, Dan Lamb's downstairs. This is her big breakout show, her big solo start. She did a residency here where she created over about 100 pieces. And then upstairs, we did this show called Nine Grams. And it was nine male artists from Instagram, kind of to accompany her, her backup group, if you will. And one of these artists was Douglas Oxima Hawks, who's the guy who did the mural. Um, Amazing work. Follow uh, this guy on Instagram. He's, I'm telling you, like, so damn good. He was a dream come true because I had first been introduced to his work when I went to Art Basel in Miami and I had gone to Swizz Beats show No Commission, where Gabriel Daw was showing, where Shepard Ferry was showing, where Kahinde Wiley was showing, and Hawks was in that show. And I'd never seen his work and I was blown away. So when I first started to kind of recruit these guys, I never expected him to say yes. He was kind of a heavy hitter for me. And he said yes right away. And so wow. he, came, he came into town just to show his art in the show. So he was gonna bring in like, you know, eight or 10 small paintings. And he wanted to come for the opening because he's just a, a cool guy like that. And so he, he flew down here. My mom happened to be out of town while he was here. So I let him stay at my mother's house, which she has a Aww. great little place. We had a car for him. And so he was Jeez. super grateful. That's awesome. And he was like, hey, you know, in return, can I like paint a mural on your building? And I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, yes <laughs> I would love for you to do that. And so he said, well, if you'll go, you know, you'll go take me and buy the paint, the spray paint, I'll do it. So 
We drove all around DFW to find the Montana paint that he uses, which I found out, you know, we only carry in the area like high and low tones and all the none of the mid tones or something. One of the tones was missing. One of the tones he works with a lot. So it was very interesting. So the mural we have not only is it done by him, but it's done in a different color palette than he usually uses because he was missing an entire level of tones. Wow. Um, so anyways, we drove around. We literally hit four or five shops. We got all the Montana paints we could purchase. We put him in the car. We drove back here, and I watched him do that mural. And in the middle of the mural, he was like, hey, do you have an art supply store close by where we could go get some canvases, some big canvases? I'll do a couple really big triptychs for you. Really? Wow. And I was like, yeah, we do. So I took him to Azel. You know, we bought uh, six large canvases, which he did two triptychs with. And he did those in the warehouse. And one of those uh, has been placed at, in Washington, D.C. at Capital One. And the other one we, we actually still have here. Um, and so, yeah, that was just a kind of the beginning of all this, what I call, you know, magic, which is where who in the world would have ever thought that a, a new gallery that's just opening, that nobody knows who we are, would be able to bring in the types of artists that we brought in. I credit a lot of that, though, back to the community of artists. You know, we were working with Dan Lamb and other artists of that caliber, so people wanted to show with her. It wasn't like, oh, Lauren Childs of Fort Works Art. It was, oh, who are these other artists? And so the artists are really what brought the other artists together. So that was cool. Yeah, it's an amazing story. Wow. I just was said I figured like oh we hired him and he did this good and I was like uh, yeah, no no there's yeah. like some real thought and love and like all that stuff in there yeah and I mean no money you know other than us buying them the supplies like there was you know there was no transaction there made it was strictly a a wonderful wonderful thing for him to do for us the visibility that mural has given us I mean I, I can never repay him yeah it's one of the most popular and I, I yeah. see people like doing selfies and stuff in front of it and. Uh, that just makes me love the artist even more. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, he's incredible. If you don't know that guy, he, you should see his work. I mean, our mural is is amazing. He's done pieces, though, that will absolutely blow your mind. There are entire you know, infrastructures that are just massive. So, How does FWA help artists to navigate the business side of the world? Well, I don't know how we necessarily help them to navigate it. Hopefully we can educate them a little with what we know um, and bring that information here for them. Um, so for me, like I said, when I was young, I didn't even know where to begin. I definitely knew I was not going to be able to get into a white wall gallery. And so the goal here is to allow these artists to be in this space. That's a huge part of it, because if they come into this space, it's a crash course. I mean, you have to sign intake forms and contracts and labels, and you have to provide things that most artists are, you know, have not shown or not used to doing. And so you learn all about that, kind of going through that procedure. And then you have the whole reception evening where you know, you're inviting your friends and family and dealing with invitations, and you've got to show up, and you've got to be able to talk to people, and you've got to be able to entertain people. And that's a huge part of the business. So while artists spend the majority of their times isolated and by themselves making their art, there's this whole counter side of it, which is you've got to come out of your, you know, hibernation and basically almost be an entertainer um, at these openings. So there's there's that whole thing. And then you you end up, you know, you go through the exhibition process and then you close it and they have to be able to come pick up their art and deal with all the emotions that come with either selling it or not selling it. And then what am I going to do from here? And so um, and then we do a lot. We try to do some workshops and we try to point people in directions of like 
hey, I think you should enter this competition. Your, your art would be great for this. Or, you know, there's this residency program that we see that would be great for you. So we try to do as much as we can. I wouldn't consider us necessarily an, an educational facility, but I think those artists that work with us, they learn a lot. The, the other thing that I think makes that happen is when I started, I felt like the, the caliber of artists in Fort Worth were just as good as the caliber of artists that we were seeing in New York and Miami and San Francisco. And so I was like, why does nobody know about these, these artists here? It was insane. And so I figured the best way to get them on the map was to pair them with artists who were already on the map. And so that's where Hawks, and that's where all these artists from other cities came in, because they were already established. People knew who they were. They had great names, great followings on Instagram, been in a lot of gallery shows, worked with museums, et cetera. And so by putting an artist who's really only shown maybe in a pop-up, in a show like that, who they are just shifts. And it's amazing to watch. And, and their confidence goes up, and their belief in themselves, and their belief that there can be more. And that is a beautiful thing to watch. And so um, that's kind of a, a model that we tried, and it worked, and we continue to, to use that. Um, and the other way I think that we support the local artists is with our, our large group shows. So we still try to do these large group shows, which include local artists. Um, we did a couple shows last year. One was 100 for 100, which was a show taken from Bobby on Drums. Um, they had done it before at Shipping and Receiving, and they were generous to support us in doing that here in this space for the second time. And that was 100 artists that each had a piece for $100. And, you know, you had 100 artists with 100 families, and they all came in, and it was fantastic. And, um, and everybody talks. And so there's just an education there, I think, that happens from being together in the community like you keep talking about, like without having to go to a classroom. And uh, yeah, it's a personal community too. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's, uh, that's just a great idea. So another show I missed. What the heck? <laughs> What's going on here? I got a, a sign up for your email or something like we that. We do, yeah. yeah. We, have, we, we flip a lot of shows here. I can tell you that. It's, it's been insane how many shows we've done since we opened. I think it's like 50, 58 or 59 shows since we opened in three years. So it's crazy. Well, I like the way you think and the way you talk about and about uh, building a community, but also the the almost like um, through the looking glass, and you're noticing and observing and seeing these artists that you're featuring becoming more confident, more self-aware, more entertainers. Uh, those are kind of things that I, you know, a photographer that kind of sits back and and just that's how we look at the world we we're observers we're the the airport uh people watchers you know will but I, I i that's really cool that you you see that and you take that in and it matters to you because i think that's very important self uh, personal growth and all that stuff um so what do you look for in artists what what are, what are the what are the characteristics what is is there anything that draws you like i have the i have to feature this person for sure i mean i get that question all the time so um definitely it took me a long time to verbalize i think what i'm drawn to because i didn't know you know i show all types of art you name it i've shown it and so I think at this point, after showing for about four or five years, definitely there's a consistency to figurative realism. We see that a lot. There's so many artists that we work with who, who work with figurative realism. Jay Wilkinson, Risha Perlmutter, um, all sorts of, I guess the photographers, Marshall Harris. Uh, I mean, there's just a, the, the list just is really, it goes, it goes on and on. And then we have this kind of other flip side 
which is this group of abstract artists. Um, the thing I think that I see in common with those artists that I really like is a lot of them have 3D elements to them. Um, they're, so they're, you know, like Dan Lamb and Austin Fields and people who are, who are making abstract art, but it's coming off of the wall or coming off of a surface in a different way than we've seen before. That fascinates me. The candy colors and resin. Um, you, we see a lot of artists in our, in our gallery that have those commonalities. So, um, but as far as, so that's the type of, those are the types of art I think that I definitely uh, can tell, say that I lean towards at this point. At the same time, we do shows where we have another curator come in because I don't want to just do those, those shows. I want to have other shows too. So, for example, we had the tax collection come in from Brooklyn uh, a year ago and do a show called New Pop. And that was a show I would never have done. And so it was awesome to have that show in the space. Um, so as far as what I'm looking for in the artists themselves to say, oh, I want to show them, that's a, that's a bigger question for me. And the answer to that question is a couple things. I want to see an artist who is grinding out on their art. I want to see somebody who's working in all, whether it's every day and they've totally sacrificed a day job in order to pursue this, which is a huge, huge you know, thing to do. And it's probably one of the scariest things that an, an artist can do is to say, I'm just going to go for it. Um, you usually starve for a while. And so I have a lot of respect for people who are willing to just jump off the cliff and, and do it. Um, and that they work every day. And so that's one thing. People who have day jobs, they work all nights and on the weekends making their art. And they, a lot of them have kids and all these things. And you just go, how can they do all that? And so people with a strong work ethic, people who believe in themselves, confidence is huge. Um, and then honestly, like, you know, once you meet all these great artists, their personality matters. So if you click with them and you like them on top of loving their art, um, you really want to advocate for them. Somebody asked me a long time, or somebody, there was something that was said a long time ago that I found quite interesting. Um, somebody said, oh, well, Lauren, you know, she only shows her friends at Fort, Fort, Fort Works Art. And it was a criticism that I'd heard in the community. And I, I wanted to really look at that because I thought, well, you know, is that what's happening? And so I really examined that question. And what I noticed was, well, it was almost like, what is the chicken or the egg? Most of the artists I found first. And then most of them became my friends. So instead of saying, oh, yeah, here are my friends, let me show them, it was like, you know, you meet artists, and the ones you like, you show. And so then they become friends of yours. And so it is a very um, intimate relationship that I think the gallerist care, you know, has with their artists. So you have, to, you have to be a good fit. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I like the chicken and the egg yeah. analogy there. Okay. So I want to throw a fun question at cool. you now. Uh, if you were an art thief... Which of your own, <laughs> I told you it's fun. If you were an art thief, which of your own works would you steal? Of my paintings? Or yeah, what, yeah, you're artists? an artist too. Oh man, that's a that's a big question. Um, probably the artwork that I would steal is a portrait painting that I did of my high school art teacher called Moss. His name is John Moore. He's a local artist. Um, it's my favorite painting I've ever made. It's beautiful. I'll it. have to see yeah, it. It's really cool. You're so, an artist too. Yeah. So that's probably the one I'd steal. <clears throat> How do you stay inspired? Well, I mean, look around. Like everything about this space is inspiring. And that's the thing about my job, which I am so lucky about. You know, life is difficult. We all have our ups and downs. And I am definitely a huge part of that, that group um, of, of people. And so when I come in here, no matter really what's going on in my life, 
whatever, whether it's great, the best thing that's ever happened or the worst thing that I could possibly imagine. This gallery saves you. Um, I've gone through some really, really hard, rough times in the last few years um, personally. And I can tell you that when I walk through these doors, it's not that I forget about those things, but kind of, I forget about them a little. And I, you know, I'm, it's, it's a happy place. It's a, it's a beautiful place to come to work. We have so much natural light. We have beautiful artwork and it makes you want to make work, makes you want to make art. So yeah, that's how I stay inspired. I just wanted to hear you say it. There you go. <laughs> I win. Point me. There's your answer. <laughs> uh, with all this wonderful artwork around you and ever changing, you, you've seen a lot. How do you still stay inspired? I mean, I don't know. Does art ever stop being inspiring? I, for me, I, I think the answer to that question is no. I mean, every artist offers something new. Um, and something I've never seen before. I mean, I remember when I'm looking at her right now, so that's why I'm thinking of her, but like Austin Fields, you know, um, she's doing this glass blowing and mirrorizing all techniques that I know, all things that I've seen before, but the way in which she's doing it is, is very different. And it also ties back to art history. Um, you know, you see like the bean in Chicago and other things that, you know, reference her work. And so I think it's very important that these artists also have a tie to the past. And so most of the ones we work with do. And they're moving forward. I mean, Dan Lamb, nobody's ever really seen anything like that. So it's easy to stay inspired. It's new for me, too. Like in 30 years of seeing art, I've never seen artwork like hers, which is why she's probably doing so well, because she's very unique and, um, and special. So... I think that's, yeah, I, I think that's the answer. Yeah, yeah, I like that answer, too. I, I kind of think of art as, like, just this flowing stream, mm -hmm. maybe in a beautiful, you know, woodsy area or something. And you can do what you want to with the stream. You can canoe in it. You can fish in it. You can admire it. Everybody sees the stream, but we all see it and interact with it very differently, much like art. Exactly. And I think you hear the word differently. You know, the thing about artists that we've always heard is that we're different and that we're weird and that we're strange and all of those things. Hey, if you ain't weird, you're weird. That's right. And, and we are. We're all of those things, which is why art is so great. Every artist I meet is different than the one before. And so I don't, you know, I'm, I never know what I'm going in for. Right now we're working with Kate Simon, who's a photographer. Um, I'm very new within the last two or three years to photography. And I've been working with her for a year. And I can tell you, I have been schooled on photography all new so much stuff i never knew before so you know i'm 41 and i've been doing this a long time and i every day i learn a bunch of new things and so i think that's a, a big thing about these artists they're all different they all have done things differently or worked in different capacities so yeah i like that part what do you think it takes to make it today in the art community in the art world uh, that's a that's a big question i don't know if i have the answer to that question um you know, what is making it? I think that's the bigger, the bigger question. You know, commercial success is one thing. There are so many artists out here who will never show in my gallery, who will never show in a gallery, period, who will go down in the canons of history, of art history. And so, you know, to survive commercially in a viable gallery, that's a, that's a totally different beast than to, to just be, you know, working as an artist. So it depends on uh, what, you're, what you're counting as making it. If you're saying, I'm gonna make money just making my art, and that's how I'm gonna live. Honestly, I don't know too many of those artists. The best artists we work with, even the ones out of New York, people who are selling their artwork for $30,000, $40,000, a lot of them that, you know, they're teachers, they teach art, art lessons on the side, they have, they have what we call side hustles. You know, everybody's doing other things to make money. 
Um, I know probably three or four artists that exclusively live on the sales of their art. And they're very rare at this level of work. Because, you know, we're not blue chip. We're like emerging to established artists. And so we're kind of in this middle ground where artists aren't quite making the, the type of bread that's going to, you know, buy them a huge house. But they're also not, not making the money to pay their bills. It's kind of it's kind of weird to I can see that side and uh, understand that yeah some people will never make it and some people will, uh, but I, I feel like a lot of things have uh, like so, like social media the world is like open even more so than artists. How, what is what's your stance on social media? Well, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Instagram, which I think everybody has seen from my shows that we've done about Instagram, nine grams, 28 grams. We've done all these shows with, you know, based on Instagram, because I think Instagram has shifted the entire world as we know it with art. When I was younger, we had to get slide packets together and presentation packets and send all, you know, these expensive packets off to galleries and attempts to maybe get them to look at your stuff. You know, nowadays you tag someone on Instagram and they're going to look at it. They may click right off of it, but they're going to look at it. And so that's how we've made a lot of connections. I've, I've met with so many of the artists we work with. I've DM'd on Instagram, gallerists, you know, collectors, all sorts of people that, that I've, you know, kind of gotten into communication with. We don't sell through Instagram necessarily, but we connect through yeah, that Yeah, it's a way. whole other community. Yeah, and I think for artists, the importance I see in it, and I've, I've made this uh, kind of relationship a long time ago I haven't don't think I've said it in an interview though before I don't know if I've ever talked about this but you know back in the day when you look at art history and you look at famous artists they traveled in packs you know and they, they were friends or, or enemies frenemies whatever you want to call them but they knew each other and so you know when Picasso was around he would or, or Gauguin for example just say they would go down to their local coffee shop if you will or whatever it was at the time they'd meet with their like-minded artists and then they'd go back into their studios and work and they'd merge these ideas that they were all kind of working on that's why you see similarities in their style at the time and um, how they're kind of working with with these similar ideas in different ways nowadays you know we wake up we get on Instagram we look through all this art we talk to some of our friends on there we get ideas then hopefully we turn our phones off and we go into our studio and we make art and so I think that there's this, instead of, oh, you have to live in Paris in 1920 with this group of artists, and that's who's important. Or you had to have been in the you know, 1950s in the WPA movement in New York, then you had a chance of making it. You can live in North Carolina, you can live in Idaho, you, you, know, you can live in, in New York, and your chances, I think, of, of showing and of doing well are, are just about the same as they, you know, same, and that's, that's new. And so I think that there is this thing where there's this influence happening. So we're seeing artists say in, uh, sorry, we're seeing artists say in Germany and we're being influenced by them. Well, you would never be, you'd never have seen their work if you didn't have social media. So I think that social media allows us to see so much other work. It's connecting artists and like, there'll be movements of art that we'll see, I believe in the future where the artists come from geographically all different areas but their visual vocabulary is connected. And that is fascinating because typically when we see groups of artists, they're from the same location. Yeah, you said uh, that you, you, you mostly uh, are on Instagram or social media, mostly Instagram for uh, just building a community. 
uh, that community I'm kind of curious about. Uh, do you do you seek out a lot of like, Fort Worth based or Dallas Fort Worth based or like international artists? Where where are you finding some of the most uh, thought-provoking conversations or, you know, maybe uh, transitions to actually having their work in the gallery? I rely a lot on the artists to tell me where to go. Um, I get, I have artists that I love their work that we show. Maybe let's say you have 20 of those people. Well, they all have 20 people they love and they all tell me about them all the time. And so I'm constantly looking at the people that other artists tell me about. That's a big way. I try to go out to the local shows as much as possible. I, I love going to the pop-ups. Um, I do like going to the gallery exhibitions, but if I had to choose, I definitely am gonna go to the, the newer pop-ups. I wanna see what people are doing that is new and exciting. I, you know, that's, that's just fun for me. So uh, we have some amazing organizations here right now. I, I'm very proud of you know, the collectives that are currently in Fort Worth. It's, it's very impressive, there's several. It's very impressive. Yeah, we were talking about earlier how much, uh, I'm a native of Fort Worth. I lived here most of my life, uh, transitioned to Dallas. Uh, we're still friends. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I've literally watched Fort Worth change at a rapid rate. Uh, artists, uh, productivity, I mean, just the whole city is just growing uh, at, at an exponential rate. It's, it's, it's very, very cool. I'm very, very happy. I, I, sit in the trinity and i'm just like looking at the new buildings popping up and i'm just like wow my hometown is growing but the art community is what i'm really really noticing and hence why i'm talking with you because uh you're like in the center of it in my opinion uh how do you feel like uh, fort worth has grown in the art community in the last five years i think we've come together you know, we've talked about that a couple times in this interview, and I think that is totally the answer. I mean, you know, for the longest time, I think artists saw each other as competition. And I think about five years ago, we saw a bunch of artists saying, you know what, let's go away from that idea. Let's all come together and see what we can make happen collectively. You know, the, the biggest person that, that is the biggest secret of Fort Worth is Eddie Vanston. Eddie Vanston is a, a man who, uh, is, I believe, a part owner. I don't know his exact title. It's shipping and receiving. And Eddie gave us our spa that space, the Tilt Room, which is everybody knows about now because so many organizations have shown there. And Leon Bridges has recorded his album there. And I mean, that, that, that Tilt Room down the hall from shipping and receiving bar, I mean, the stories that place could tell. Wow. So I just think that nobody knows that Eddie <laughs> Vanston gave us all that space for free. And so we all, really? came, yeah, so that's where we all wow. went. We'd go up and we'd hang out at the bar and we'd, you know, have a couple of drinks and then we'd come up with all these great ideas to do these shows and we'd tell Eddie about them. He'd be like, yeah, cool, you do that, go do that, pay for this or, you know, just cover this expense for me. And, and that was it. And so for two years, every event I did at, for, at shipping and receiving, we had no overhead for the rental. I mean, we had to pay for everything we brought in, obviously, which and lighting and things of that nature. But the space itself was just donated to us by him. You know, he did the same thing with the music industry, in my opinion, with Leon Bridges and Nile Sound City. That's all based out of that warehouse and surrounded by Eddie. Kate Simon, who I work with, everybody says, well, how in the world do you, did you get connected with Kate Simon? Eddie was friends with her for like 30 years in New York. So this guy is somebody that nobody knows about in the city of Fort Worth. His, what he has really done for the community. You want to talk about somebody who's impacted the community and brought everybody together. I think it's Eddie Vanston. So that's my opinion. What, what do you think is fueling the big change in the art community in Fort Worth? 
So that's a good you, question. You, you um, named a few, but I'm kind of curious what your perspective is. Is the new people moving here? Or I, I have a good answer for that. Um, yeah, please. I'm curious. So, you know, Fort Worth is a is a no, notably a wealthier suburb. You know, this is a place where a lot of people have tended to grow up with money. And so when I was younger, I think what I saw was that most of the artists I knew um, came from families with money and they were able to move. They were able to say, okay, you know, I'm going to move to New York and pursue a career and my parents are going to help me with that for a few years until I can get on my feet or get me into college or go through those things. And so a lot of those artists are very successful and I'm so proud of them, you know, but they, they aren't in Fort Worth. Um, I think that about five or six years ago, what I noticed and what inspired me and what made me really want to go after this thing again was this group of people on the South Side. You mentioned Ronnie Hart, you mentioned Kimberly Cecil. Like there's a hundred of those people that they all are connected and it's unbelievable. And so I've really tried to analyze what happened. And so what I think I've seen, and I think this is a fair assessment, is that there was this group of creatives about five years ago that were all in their 20s, early 20s, late 20s, some, a couple in their 30s, but really you know, younger group of artists. They were all phenomenally talented. They were all predominantly South Side artists or musicians, and none of them really came from families of wealth. And so they weren't able to leave. And so they stayed and they formed a community. And when that happened, there was an explosion. And I credit everything, in my opinion, to what is happening in Fort Worth, to that group of creatives that came together and showed us all hey, this is what you can do when we all help each other out. Because that's what they were doing. You know, nobody, everybody was doing stuff for free. Everybody was bartering their services. None of us had money. And they were just kind of showing us how it was done. And I mean, I was 15 years older than these people. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's how you do it. And so it was very inspiring. And um, they're all still here. And now a lot of them could probably afford to move. And, they, and they're not. And so that, that is cool now. So now I think a lot of people are choosing to stay in Fort Worth because it's a great art city now. It is, it is, and a great music city, mm -hmm. uh, and that's uh, really what I'm very proud of. My hometown is just how much it's grown, and like people don't want to move away anymore because everything is here now, and everything exactly. is coming here. Yeah. What, what do you see, uh, you know, Fort Worth Arts in the next five years? Um, you know, it's constantly changing where I see us. Uh, I would love always to have a sister location in, a, in another city. I think that would be a really great thing for us. Um, I think it'd be great for Fort Worth. I think it'd be great for the gallery. And I think it'd be great for the artists that we work with. Um, I'd like to see us continue to grow and to evolve um, in the natural sense that, that business do in a creative field like this. Um, I'd like to continue to work with with artists that challenge and nurture and inspire me and that are different. As far as too much change, I mean, our location is great. So I love where we're at. I love our building. I, I don't really want for more as far as any of that goes. Um, so yeah, maybe another location possibly. Um, but I think if we just keep doing what we're doing, like I really love what we're doing. And I think that we're a important part to the community and we can support others. And that's, that's really just what I want to do. So I want to ask you a fun future question. So uh, a mysterious haggard old woman hobbles into your gallery on a stormy night, seeking shelter from the rain. In exchange for your kindness, she offers to read your future. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope the future has in store for Fort Works Art? Oh, that's a great question. Um, 
What I hope the future has in store for Fort Works art really uh, involves the artists. I hope to see these artists that have stuck with me and have been with me from the beginning and, and understand that a gallery has to succeed as well. There are a lot of artists who um, don't understand how difficult it is for a gallery to survive, just like it is for an artist to survive. I think they see this big building and they see dollar bills and they see all this stuff and you know, they don't understand that we're necessarily grinding it out so much. Um, as far as the, the older woman coming in uh, and seeing my future, um, I would like to see these artists, you know, attain more and more success. I'd like to see them showing in more and more cities, and I'd like to continue to see Fort Worth artists staying here and showing all over the world and kind of this becoming a cultural hub. If I, if, if I could have, if the old lady could tell me that that was in my future, that Fort Worth, Fort Worth would be seen as a cultural hub for art artists. Um, that would be a great, a great thing for them to say. Wow, you really are about the community. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm talking with you. I really <laughs> Thank am. Thank you. Uh, I think it's just, again, I praise you. Praise you like I should. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I don't know about uh, all that, but thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing what you're doing out here. And, like, I, I keep getting your name from people in Dallas, you know. Uh, we're Again, we're friends. Uh, and in Fort Worth here. And it, it's amazing what you're doing out here. And you're bracing this hungry, thirsty art community uh, with open arms and the and how you see it and how you're just bringing it in and you're 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 giving as as much as you're getting um, and it's just amazing um, so um, so I want to close out this podcast Lauren I really want to thank you again for coming on thank you it's been a pleasure and uh, I'm going to put your links in the, the description of the podcast okay. and uh, anything else Lauren wants to share so no i mean this is just it's it's great again that we have all these people kind of coming together and talking about what's happening in the city it is it's a very exciting time for fort worth i definitely agree i'm looking forward to seeing more of what you do in this amazing community that you've built thank you same to you so uh that's it for us right now uh, again i'm going to put uh links to lauren's uh, information on the podcast and uh until next time stay creative